It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder see one of the most aggressive games from Usman Jang in this one. What is the plan for Usman Jang moving forward? What has Trey Mann proved at Salt Lake City Summer League? And which undrafted player has the juice? All coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow me on threads also at Ryland underscore Styles. On today's show, we are diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, dominating the 76ers for most of the game. How do the Sixers come back? We'll discuss that as well. Usman Jang. Looks way more proactive in this one. Trey Mann continues to dominate Summer League. Caleb McConnell has the juice, plus Jared Butler is checking the boxes. And was there a revenge game in order in this one? We'll discuss everything from Game 3 of the Salt Lake Summer League today. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. want to thank the everydayers who listen every single day and a lot to get into today and beyond as the team moves on to Vegas for summer league. So the game overview today, there was no Jalen Williams of either variety. There was no Chet Holmgren, no Jeremiah Robinson Earl and no Keontae Johnson. However, Holly Rowe did say that she talked to Keontae Johnson. He's getting close to return. The Thunder's next game is on Saturday against Dallas. So maybe uh, he'll return in Vegas. So that left the Thunder starting Trey man, Jared Butler, Hunter Maldonado, Usman Jang, and K.J. Williams. But the big story from this game was not the win, of course, at Summer League. It was Usman Jang looking way more proactive, way more aggressive. In this game, 
Usman Jang stuck his nose in it. He had some great cuts offensively and was engaged in the half-court offense. He wasn't just standing around. He wasn't just sitting in the corner. He was looking for opportunities to impact the game offensively. And so whenever you, you look at Usman Jang and what he is as a player, he has the length and the size to be a really high-end defender in this league. And he's shown flashes of that, both in Summer League, in the G League, and also in the NBA against the likes of Steph Curry. In this game, the most encouraging part was that he was more proactive than reactive. Usually, Usman Jang is kind of timid, kind of hesitant, um, standing around out there, floating around out there. There's all these words you can use to describe what Usman Jang typically looks like, but not tonight. Tonight, he had multiple putbacks on the offensive end. He nailed the transition three at the end of the half. He finished well around the basket on these cuts with the reverse layups and everything else. And perhaps the most impressive bucket of his 22 points was this no hesitation, catch and shoot, contested three with 14 seconds left in the shot clock on the wing. That is a that is a look that typically Usman Jang would hesitate or, or pass out of or not be ready or just not take. But in, in this game, he was able to find his stride and play extremely well on the offensive end. And that's what you're looking for out of Usman Jang. He did have some bad turnovers late, especially one where he was trying to drive into the teeth of the defense and make something happen, which I like. But I wish instead of you know stopping the drive and trying to kick out, I wish he would have just went up for the layup because he's so long and he's so powerful that if he would have just gone up for the layup, sure, he might have missed it. But there's also a good chance that the refs call a foul there. So, so you know, instead of... Instead of trying to pass out of it where you're, where you're almost 100% sure uh, that you're going to have a turnover out of it, trying to score in that opportunity gives you a multitude of things that can happen. You can actually somehow power your way to the rim and, and actually score. That's one thing that can happen. But you can also get fouled. You can also, you know, at, at least delay, you know, the inevitable of like if you if you throw it off the glass, uh, maybe you give your, def- your uh, offense time to get back there and get a rebound. But he scored uh, 22 points in this one. 10 rebounds, three assists, three steals, a block. He had nine turnovers, five fouls, shot 83% from the floor and two for three from three. Now look, the five fouls, you get 10 in summer league and I really liked seeing him be aggressive on both ends. He was probably the most active player on the floor tonight on both ends of it, which is a rarity for Usman Jang and honestly, a never for Usman Jang. So despite the foul trouble, which you get 10 of in summer league, so it wasn't even real foul trouble. But despite that, I'd rather him be aggressive and use the the stage to his advantage, right? You're not going to play games where you get 10 fouls anywhere else. So you might as well use this time to see what you can get away with, how you can be aggressive, how you can impact the game. The nine turnovers, it's a tiny bit misleading. Uh, yes, the turnovers were a problem and have been a problem all summer league for OKC. The entire Select City period, turnovers for the team has been a problem. But in this game specifically, when the game got close late, when the, when the Sixers made their run, they were blitzing ball handlers and no one on the team could handle it. And that's that's kind of okay because in a true late game environment, nobody who's playing in Salt Lake City, you look up and down this box score and everyone you see on this box score over here that got minutes, if they were to get minutes in the NBA, they would not be the ones closing out tight games with the ball in their hands as 
defenders are swarming them and trying to get steals and trying to get back in the contest. So like, this is not going to be their role. And so the fact that nobody could handle it very well doesn't really move me too much because that's just not what they're going to do. I don't really care about that. So the nine turnovers, a bit inflated, but also something to monitor. And look, we can't have it both ways. We can't sit here every single game of his NBA life so far and say he's got to be more aggressive. He's he's got to he's got to go uh, insert himself. And then whenever he does, and hey, guess what? When you insert yourself and your usage goes up, you're going to have more turnovers. You're going to have more fouls when you do those sort of things. And then whenever he does be more aggressive, then condemn him for that also. So like overall, I thought this was Usman Jang's most impressive activity level and aggression level of his NBA career at any stage in the G League and the actual NBA last year's summer league, this year's summer league, I thought this was the best we've seen Usman Jang look in terms of being proactive, being aggressive, and, and, and kind of hunting uh, for his opportunities to stick his nose in it. And so that's really encouraging. Two for three from three, 83% from the floor. A really good game overall from Usman Jang. And so that leaves you with the question of what the Thunder are going to do with Usman Jang, what the plan is for Usman Jang moving forward. And we're going to discuss that coming up. We're also going to discuss Trey Mann and his ability uh, to dominate Summer League again in this game and continue to build on his success, plus the rest of this Summer League roster. But coming up, let's discuss what it looks like for Usman Jang and for the Thunder moving forward together. But first, I want to say right now, but your friends over at BetterHelp, folks. BetterHelp is incredible. BetterHelp is where you want to go if you, you know, need to work on yourself because BetterHelp is important and vital to your success when you're working on yourself. Because in this day and age, it's easy to spread yourself too thin, to, um, you know, kind of look at what everyone else needs from you, but not look at what you need from yourself. And so BetterHelp gives you the ability to work on yourself and the benefit from therapy uh, is is extraordinary. And so you can feel, you can, you know, kind of feel free to go in there and it, it works around your schedule. So it is even better um, access for you and, and for your lifestyle. Cause it's easy to dismiss therapy as like, well, I don't have time. I, I don't, I don't know where to go. You can just go to betterhelp.com slash locked in MBA. And whenever you do that, you get 10% off your first session, uh, your first month. And so at BetterHelp, you take this questionnaire, they match you up with a therapist, and then you just go and experience it and try to get, you know, try to better yourself. And if you, for some reason, don't click well with that therapist, you can cycle through a new one with no additional fees or charges or anything like that. It is so convenient. It is so flexible and it works with your schedule. That's the biggest thing. We all know everyone's busy and this will work around your schedule. So check it out today at betterhelp.com slash NBA. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. 
And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, for your next listen, check out the Lockdown NBA Podcast from the national perspective on everything going around the association. Also, we're going to be recapping every game of Summer League and, of course, talking to you every single day. So, on Monday... What we're going to do is reset the expectation level for the Thunder after four summer league games. And after we do that, we're going to take your mailbag questions. Twitter seems to not be broken anymore. So you can follow me on there at Ryland underscore styles and also on threads at Ryland underscore styles. And also in the comments on YouTube, uh, that way you can get your question heard on the show on Monday, uh, Saturday, of course, we're going to recap the Mavericks game after the Mavericks game is over. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of jam packed stuff. Follow along here on locked on thunder. So what is the plan for Usman Jang? Look, I think that Usman Jang plays good enough defense, is a good enough transitional offensive player that he can get NBA minutes and will get NBA minutes right away and with the Thunder um, next season. However, I also believe he will play what I would consider a, a considerable amount, a good bit of G League minutes next season as well because when you when you strip things away from Usman Jang and you take away J Dub, J Will, Chet, you take away all these guys, you routinely see him perform better. And so I think that what you're what you're hoping for OKC and what OKC is hoping for is that you can sort of take things away from him in that regard, make him focus on his game, make him be somebody who um you know is the focal point and has to insert himself and has to play better offensively and more aggressive in the half court offense in the G league. And then eventually you ease him back into the NBA, trying to focus on those things, trying to implement those things at the NBA level. We have to remember Usman Jang is just 20 years old. He turned 20 years old at the end of May. And so this by far was his most encouraging game at the NBA stage at any level as we discussed before the break. And I still firmly believe that he is on pace. I don't think he's ahead of schedule. I also don't think he's behind schedule, which is where I think a lot of fans are. Is that, oh, he's he's behind schedule. He's not playing good. I think he's tracking exactly how the Thunder imagined that they would track. We have to remember the Thunder front office. If, if you want to give them the respect that a lot of you give them, the Thunder front office has scouted Usman Jang since he was 16 years old. They traded up to go get him. And I think that that put more pressure on him because I think that people freak out about the sticker shock of like three first round picks. Those were the worst picks of the pile for Oklahoma City. In fact, the majority of those picks are going to end up being fake first where they just never convey. So stop putting the three first round picks pressure on Usman Jang. Because even if they didn't make this trade and they held on to those picks, you'd likely never see them anyway. So... They went and got a guy who they really believe in and who has done nothing wrong to this point, who has done no regression to this point, who has not played below expectations at this point. Like he has just continued to play the way we thought he would. So just because J-Dub was able to 
uh, make a huge impact right away. Just because, you know, Josh Giddy made a huge impact as a rookie, just because these guys ascended, it doesn't mean anything is wrong with Usman Jang or that, or that Usman Jang is behind the eight ball because we all agreed at the time of his draft, he was going to take time. He was going to be a project player. And that's what he's been so far. And throughout this process, he's shown you defensive upside. He's shown you flashes of what he can be defensively, what he can be as a cutter, what he can be in transition, what he can be around the rim. And so I think that everything to this point is encouraging. And he's working with Chip England this offseason. He's doing just all the right things so far. And so you have to give a guy that this front office circled since he was 16 years old, you have to give him more than it than a rookie season that, by the way, was disrupted twice by injuries. So let's just relax a bit on Usman Jang. I think that, again, we are trying to, we're trying to kind of put too much emphasis on the fact that they won 40 games last year and, and accelerate too much, right? Sam Presti has continued to tell you that this is not the finished product. This is not like, you know, the, 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 the finished version of the thunder uh, that they're going to continue to develop, continue to grow. And they're not out of time yet. Nobody's running out of time. Not Usman Jang, not Josh Giddy, not Shane. Like nobody's running out of time. This is still, despite the success last year, that was a bit unpredictable. This is still the infancy stages of what the thunder are cultivating and building and growing and maturing and everything else. And so I think that Usman gets a little bit of a bad rep so to say from the fan base because everything around him is clicking at such a high clip that you're like well why isn't this guy clicking when in reality he's not, he's doing fine like he, he is he is uh, playing the way we thought he'd play Trey Mann continues to show what he can do out there I think what's been the most impressive part about Trey Mann's summer league is how under control it all is you watch Trey Mann, and if you go back and just watch the cut-ups and the highlights of uh, Trey Mann, besides, you know, he had the poster dunk. The poster dunk was awesome. Besides the poster dunk, like there, there, there have not been these like blown away, incredible, fancy highlights that you just look at and go, how'd that shot fall? And, and what I mean by that is like everything he's done to this point is repeatable. It's taking what the defense is giving him. It's it's getting it in rhythm and flow of an offense. It's not these heat check wild half court shots like, yeah, you might have made that one because you're just feeling it tonight, but like nine times out of ten, you're not gonna make that shot. Like it has not been that kind of stuff for Trey Mann. This has kind of been the most in control of the game that he's looked and that he's felt, you know, kind of settled into. And so that's encouraging because it feels for people, it feels real this time. Because I want to continue to remind you, in case you, you didn't listen to the last few podcasts. It's not as though Trey Mann lights it up in Summer League. Like, in fact, last year in, in Salt Lake City, he was terrible. Like, he shot 26%. Like, he was not good in Summer League. And so, this is still improvement from him, even though it's in a weird environment in, in Summer League as a third-year player. I thought you even saw adjustments game-to-game game in Summer League. I thought his passing got better every single game and, and led up to a crescendo tonight where he was a lot better at passing and finding cutters than he previously was. And then some of the misses tonight were... were you know, some, some, some heat check stuff. Like the, like he had a step back where he created so much space. And if it would have, if it would have fell, it would have been just this brilliant highlight, but the step back was a good attempt, a good look, but it did not drop. He missed uh, a catch and shoot at the shot clock, which is just how it goes sometimes. And then he did miss one where he was like two steps 
behind the, th- the three-point line. Didn't necessarily need to shoot that shot uh, and missed it. But overall, another point of emphasis for him. And, you know, I, I, I try not to lean on this too much because it's, it's hard to know if it's true or not. But, like, just watching him, he looked a lot stronger and, and more in control of his body when going up at the rim. Like, the N one uh, finish was awesome. The, the slithery finish whenever the Thunder desperately needed a bucket to stop the run was awesome. Like, he just looked more in control of his body and, and, and taking on contact and also just stronger to finish through contact and finish around defenders, which is really good stuff. So he ends this game with 23 points, eight rebounds, five assists, a steal, four turnovers, and four for 10 from three, shooting 46% from the floor. Consider that there was no other true scoring threat next to him, that there was no one else around him to alleviate some of that pressure as like a go-to score. This was an awesome game from, from Trey, man. And we're watching right now as it wraps up the, the Grizzlies and Jazz uh, finish out this tournament. I'd be stunned if Trey Mann isn't the MVP of the Salt Lake City portion of Summer League. Now, I will say, typically speaking, and again, this is just a guess, but typically speaking, the returners do not play in Vegas. Does that mean Trey will be out Saturday or not? Who knows? But I'm just giving you what typically happens. He also, at the end of this game, was kind of laboring, like kind of rubbing his hand a little bit, kind of like the, the crease of his thumb a little bit. I'm not sure if that was anything of note, but when you mix together, hey, he's kind of favoring his hand a little bit, and they're about to head to Vegas where, where typically returners don't play. Keep that in mind as you move forward. I hope that they keep playing because this is a lot of fun to watch them, but uh, keep that in mind as you move forward with all of this. Now, Chet Holmgren not playing today might signal, hey, he's going to get a game in with, you know, Kissing Wallace in Dallas. That'd be a lot of fun if that does happen. We'll see uh, how that goes. But the trade with Dallas is now made official. So Kassan couldn't play this afternoon or this evening because the Thunder didn't update their roster, like couldn't update their roster. They've already set their roster for Salt Lake City, I guess, um, which we already knew that. So they're, they're going to update their roster probably Friday afternoon, if I had to guess, or at least Saturday morning and add Kassan Wallace to it. And uh, we'll see kind of him debut Friday, I would imagine. And like I said, Holly Rowe also des- described um, Kathy Johnson as returning soon to the Thunder. Coming up, the Thunder got another undrafted gym. Plus, Jared Butler is checking some boxes and a lot more. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much 
for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, what a game this was. Caleb McConnell has the juice. In his first seven minutes of Summer League action, six points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. He is a defensive ace out of Rutgers undrafted player this year. Uh, had a workout with OKC in the pre-draft process. He has great rim finishing ability. And in this game, you saw his rim finishing portfolio where he finished strong at the rim. He also pulled up in transition for a nice nifty floater in the paint with a soft touch, which was awesome. He just simply does it all defensively. He can clean it up. If there's a breakdown somewhere else, he can pick your pocket and start the break. He's a fun player. In my opinion, McConnell should be on a two-way deal uh, anywhere in the NBA, but I would like it to be in Oklahoma City, obviously. Uh, he can just he can just decide to take take your lunch money whenever he wants to defensively. And he's an older college player, so he's like he looks more calm out there, more in control out there than a lot of rookies do. He had a play in this one where uh, he pokes the ball free, goes down the court, gets the loose change, is trapped, and then makes the right play, is patient, gets it to K.J. Williams at the top of the key. K.J. then swings it out to Jaden Shackleford for a wide-open three, and Shackleford missed, which is not usual of Jaden Shackleford. He's going to knock down more of those shots than not. But like it could have been a hockey assist for Kevin McConnell, whereas I think that most rookies especially would press or panic whenever that situation happened. Uh, but uh, McConnell was was in control of that situation for OKC and waited for the Calvary to come help him out in transition. He even uh, had a three-pointer blocked against him, which he didn't give up on the play. He, he kind of shot a three-pointer, had it blocked. Uh, Jared Butler got a steal, hit it ahead to him, and was able to uh, finish the job there. That floater in the, in the paint with the soft touch, as I mentioned, was a lot of fun. He ends the night with eight points, four rebounds, four assists, three steals, a block, only one turnover, and one foul. So... The one foul, while being uber aggressive defensively, just shows how good of a defender that Caleb McConnell is. Speaking of Jared Butler, by the way, he continues to check the boxes. He, I, I said it yesterday. I, I don't know if there's a if there's a better player that you can find on a two way deal who can help your program more than Jared Butler. Because Jared Butler, like, look, if you if you get to the point where you're relying on two way guys that aren't named Kathy Johnson this season, you, you've got some issues in terms of like injury and stuff like that. So. When you're looking at the two-way guys, you're mainly looking at who can you put with your organization, develop them with the blue, but also help whoever you're going to send down to the blue from the main roster. And Jared Butler can do just that. Like He was cashing in catch-and-shoot looks. He was scoring at the rim around defenders. The hustle, the improved defense from even a few months ago was awesome to watch. And I like the way that he uses his body and uses his size. Like The way that he puts his body on guys to either contest shots or to, or to even hold them off the glass for someone else to come clean up really helps OKC. And throughout his time in the NBA, he's been a pick-and-roll beast, both in the NBA and also in the G League. And you saw one play specifically where he like is navigating the pick-and-roll and then just throws this overhead whip pass to Zaire Smith in the corner for three. That's the special playmaking stuff that he can put your guys in position to succeed, um, especially in the G League whenever you're sending quality players down there who you really care about their development. He had that steal in transition off of a block three, which was impressive to kind of um, limit the damage because the, um, the Sixers had all the numbers, obviously, off of a perimeter block shot. He finishes with nine points, three steals, five assists, two rebounds, one for three from three in 23 minutes. Zaire Smith, had a revenge game, former Sixer, just a really good athlete. 
and bullied some people inside tonight. 16 points, two for two from three. I like the catch and shoot look from him. Loved his baskets inside. Six for six overall for Zaire Smith. Nice game. And I'm sure it felt good to do it against the Sixers. But I, I think Zaire Smith, like the best case scenario for him would be catching on um, on a two-way deal elsewhere or maybe even playing for the Blue if they can get his rights uh, for the G League. I had another question about Jaden Shackelford asked because, you know, I'm, I'm hyping up Jared Butler, hyping up Caleb McConnell. Why, why no hype for Jaden Shackelford with that two-way spot? Jaden Shackelford today went two for seven from three, shot 25% from the floor, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, 11 points. And he, he shot the ball well so far in summer league. He shot the ball well in the G League also. To me, Jaden Shackelford, you know, is just a really good G League player. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like being a really good G League player is important and is an awesome role and it's hard to do. But yes, the shooting is good. And he is is what I would consider a really good shooter from beyond the arc. But he struggles at every every other thing. He struggles defensively. He struggles playmaking wise. Uh, he He doesn't fill it up on the rebounding category either. I think he's just a nice shooter in the G League to help help your offense get in the groove, but like he can't really impact the game at an NBA level. Uh, and and he's been in the system for a while. Um, he, he's a he's a really hard worker, really good guy, like et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, he only has one skill that you could see pan out. And even if it does pan out at the NBA level, I think that you can't keep him on the floor in the NBA defensively. So he's got to show he can do that even in summer league. Uh, heading into Vegas and he'll get more time as the Vegas season progresses and you shut down some of these guys, he'll get more opportunity because you're not going to shut down Jamie Shackelford. Uh, he'll, he'll have time to prove he can defend and prove he can do other things. But to this point in his career, uh, both in the G League, Summer League, and whatever other opportunities he's gotten, he's not shown to be a good def- a good enough defender to warrant um, an NBA opportunity or even a, a two-way opportunity yet. Uh, but he does have that skill of shooting, which is desperately needed in, in all NBA uh environments, all NBA organizations. So the Thunder did win this game. They played the entire first half um, in control. The the Sixers had a 2-0 lead and never led again. In fact, at one point, OKC jumped out to a 31-point lead. And then the Sixers came storming back. It was down to 16, midway through the fourth. Then it got all the way down to five. And as we mentioned before, the ball handlers just could not handle the pressure on the blitz from Philadelphia. They just could not handle it. They kept turning the ball over, kept turning the ball over, and that's like the only reason why Philadelphia was able to make this comeback. OKC won the rebounds by two. OKC, again, had way too many turnovers, 22. Philadelphia had 24, though. OKC won points in the paint, 52-44. to OKC won second chance points, 44-13. OKC won fast break points, 18-2. to OKC shot 51, 35, 76. Philadelphia shot 43, 28, 77. The Thunder had four in double figures. Philly had five in double figures. The MVP of this game, Usman Jang, the MVP of the tournament, which should be announced here soon, I think has to be Trey Mann uh, without question there. Dallas on Saturday afternoon. We'll recap it after the contest is over on Monday. What are your expectations for this Thunder team? Let's reset them after the transactions and summer league portion. Also, your mailbag questions. So drop them below on YouTube. Drop them below on threads. Drop them below on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. And folks, this is going to be fun to continue talking about the Thunder every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. So subscribe anywhere 
you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you go to get podcasts, you can get this podcast here for free every single day. What a time it is to be a Thunder fan, hopefully making it a lot more fun for you to be a Thunder fan by following along with this content. I appreciate all of you that do that. Uh, it means a lot to me and helps me out, obviously. Leave a like, comment, subscribe, whatever you can do. Uh, and also follow me on Twitter again at Ryland underscore style. So until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 